Driving through San Juan, the capital of Puerto Rico, I'm surprised to see that things look like they did before the hurricane hit exactly one year ago. I had seen news clips before I came and was prepared to not be able to recognize the capital, to see leveled or unroofed buildings. We inch forward through the traffic caused by the many tourists heading into the Mexican and Italian restaurants. I lower my window to feel the familiar ocean breeze and the clean new smell of the hotels and rebuilt condos as we pass. My mom and I are visiting Puerto Rico. She was born here. We visit every year. But I wanted to see how smaller towns were rebuilding after Hurricane Maria. So why not go to a town named Maria? We approach a toll booth. There used to be a sign there in Spanish saying that it's three US dollars. I dig around in my bag for money, but the toll booth is empty, just like so many government services since the hurricane. We don't stop. Our GPS tells us to take an exit, but there's no sign. It must have also been blown away, and no one has replaced it. My mom spots a Walmart in the distance. We head towards it. The strip mall looks as though the hurricane just happened yesterday in every store except the brand new Walmart that looks like it was just dropped from the U.S. by some invisible corporate hand. The windows are blown out, the inside is covered in debris, and the big letter C from the Capri sign has fallen down. There's a sadness in her eyes. I ask her what's wrong. She says, I used to shop there when I was a little girl. She missed it by just one year. Every other shop is ruined. Inside the Walmart, I shiver from the air conditioning. We are actually following the same path that the hurricane took from the ocean to San Juan to Mariana, where the eye of the storm landed. It was a lot easier for the hurricane to go this way. It's not an easy road to drive or be the passenger on. My mother clings desperately to the ocean handle with both eyes closed. The engine is going crazy, but I think I can hear, Ay, papa Dios, ayúdame. Ma, relájate. Relax, I tell her, while I repeat the same prayers in my head. The first house I see is a dull pink. Before the storm, it must have been the envy of its neighbors, but chunks of the facade have fallen away. The laughter of people sitting outside makes me think that the damage must not be so bad. But then we pass empty houses and I shiver. I wonder where those people may have gone and if they'll ever come back to what they once knew. So many of the houses had been passed on from generation to generation. But when FEMA came, they asked for deeds, proof of residency. Without it, no federal assistance was going to be given to fix the houses. So now, they stay empty. Carretera 50, kilometer 6.1. I follow my instincts each time we come to a fork in the road. I've only seen one road sign this whole time. The road ends at a house. I'm completely lost. 
Turns out we're at Maria's house. She sends her very pregnant daughter-in-law to lead us through many twists and turns back to where we were trying to go. I would never be able to find this place on my own. It's no surprise it took the government two months to come to Mariana. She takes us to the community center of Mariana. Maria comes out of the kitchen to greet us. I ask about the abandoned school I saw on the way up, wondering if the storm caused it. Mariana had four schools. They've closed three. We only have one left. One school. They're closing the schools because there aren't kids. The population of kids has gone down a lot because a lot of the young families with kids are leaving to the U.S. She leads me to a frame of a building that's brand new. It's going to be a library for the children, she says, overlooking the island and the ocean. I wonder how many have looked at this same view, hoping to leave this town for other opportunities, most of which are in the U.S., I have never seen the look in someone's eyes when they talk about the hurricane. It's a look that's more than sadness. It's like pain turned to hopelessness. The most powerful part of the hurricane hit here. And Maria was a Category 5 hurricane that entered the island right here. It destroyed the vegetation. It destroyed houses. It destroyed roads. The devastation was enormous. It was huge. The government collapsed. It collapsed with the hurricane. There was no government here. And we couldn't wait for the government. We couldn't wait for anyone. But when she starts talking about how Mariana came together, that look changes into one of pride. This here turned into a center of many forms of help, where people came to give services to one another. And in that way, we healed ourselves. We were giving more and more services each day, like doctors that came here with all of the medicines for people. One day, without warning, five doctors showed up, and we made a clinic. And we would go out all around the community. Look, there's doctors today. We had to go out there to announce it. And it was magical. Everyone came here. There were a lot of people who suffered from depression. We saw everything here. So the solidarity and being able to come to a place where there were lots of people working. It gave you inspiration to work, and it healed you. It was different. You got here, and you forgot everything. We pause our conversation when we hear that lunch is being served. In the kitchen, there are three ladies that remind me of my abuela, who serve heaping spoonfuls of yuca, bacalao, and arroz con gandules onto my plate. Maria tells me that since they opened their kitchen a few weeks after the hurricane, there hasn't been one day that they do not serve lunch, which is open to the whole community. There were many houses that were destroyed that didn't have water. There was no light here for nine months. So we decided that we would prepare food for people, at least one hot lunch of our food, not food that came that was different than what we ate. A lot of food got here, but it wasn't our basket of food. 
And after living through such a big devastation, losing so much, changing so much, and we also have to change what we eat, it's a bit hard. Everyone kept bringing what they had left in their homes so that we could cook it and give it to others. And this turned into something magical. Everyone came with their plates from home so that we could fill them. And we started to build structures so that people could sit, eat here, share with their neighbors, and talk a little about their experience. Because that needed to come out. It needed to be healed. And what better way to heal than with a plate of food, and then we move on. They will grow their own food here, too. I think back to the imported refrigerated mangoes at Walmart. $3 each. When the trees are in bloom here, there are so many that people can't eat them fast enough before they rot. Maria is now advising other communities how to live without U.S. dependence and how to instead gain strength from one another. We couldn't expect too much from the government because Umacao is big, and to get to the center, we had to clean our area. We met up because this is what we were going to do, and we did it. And that's why we are stronger and made ourselves stronger than ever, because we know that with neighbors working together, we can do anything. We are more than proud that we live in a community where we help one another. Before I leave Mariana, Maria tells me to go take a picture from the top of the mountain. On my left, I see all of the town that saved themselves. On my right, a forest of trees that is set to be a natural preserve for the community of Mariana. I can also see the island that the U.S. Navy used for bombing practice. Back at the Capitol, I am sitting at gate B2, waiting for my flight to leave. I'm surrounded by American tourists, When they look at me, they probably think I'm just like them. Someone on vacation who woke up every day to the sound of the ocean and fell asleep each night with the cushion of a few Modelo beers. I wonder if any of them think about what their presence here means to the island. In my time here, I had heard so many Puerto Ricans say that they needed tourism, that the way that other people could help was to come visit. Dependence on the U.S. had been introduced systematically, creating a Puerto Rico whose existence depended on wealthy Americans, who in turn restricted what Puerto Ricans could do on their own island. Such separation has led many Puerto Ricans to be disgusted and scared by the economic hold that the U.S. has on them. They have American citizenship, but very few of the rights. I hold the same American passport in my hand as the tourists do. I can't help but feel a mixture of sadness and guilt as I look at it. The hurricane caused damage, but it also revealed this dependency. What will the next storm reveal? I hope there will be more communities like Mariana that are not dependent on the federal government. My mom sits next to me. I usually see sadness in her eyes because she is already missing Puerto Rico, her home. The sadness is still there, 
but I also see anger. Even though things change in some ways, others never change. I take it to mean the things that should change will not. There are postcards in the tourist shop with pictures of pristine beaches, idyllic waterfront buildings, and charming, vulnerable colonial houses, all of which are being rebuilt to look like they do in the photos. There are no postcards of Mariana. <laughs> 